that's good. Um, so many of you know me already. My name is Chloe, and um, I'm one of the leaders here at St. Augustine's, and a very warm welcome if you are new today or joining us online. And today, my friends, you're witnessing history. This is my first time taking you to the stage in this way, and um, I've actually said that I never do this um, unless I had something to say. And thankfully, for your sake as much as mine, I actually do, so that's great. Um, and, um, you know, I'm here today to land this um, epic Creativity in the Gospel series with a topic that I uh, feel deeply passionate about, as you'll probably guess. And it's this invitation to recognize our own creativity and to see that outworked in community. So today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is creative communities. <laughs> Um, and to begin this morning, I want to quickly show you a YouTube clip from Bobby McFerrin. He's the don't worry, be happy guy. Um, and he's demonstrating the power of the pentatonic scale. And I'll explain why I've chosen this in a moment, but here it is for now. Watch. Ba, ba. How great is that? Originally, I had actually planned to do that with you, but then I lost my courage. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I find it absolutely fascinating how a group of people who probably didn't see this exercise coming at them, possibly not even musicians, can intuitively predict what note comes next. I've heard Bobby say that no matter what crowd he does this in, it always seems to work. How is this possible? Well, 
without going into the science of harmonics and the overtone series. Um, you didn't come here for that. But it works because it's made up of five notes that work really well together. And as I said earlier, it's the pentatonic scale. And if you can picture a piano, it's all the black notes. Um, and there's something, oh, and this, this music, uh, this scale is used in music all across the world and lots of different genres. And there's something in this um, scale, in this example, this picture, this beautiful cluster of the pentatonic notes that kind of mirrors a flourishing group of people in my mind. I think we are like these notes. We're overflowing with potential and kind of endless creative possibilities. Each one of us occupying our own unique God-given frequency, just like the note in a scale, with our own unique creative quality. And when we exist in and operate out of the safety and the power of the collective, like a structure of a scale, we are humming and we're harmonizing with warmth and purpose with those around us. And we're flowing with so much creativity in a way that simply could not be achieved if we were a lone note in the wilderness. I believe a creative community at best is made up of individuals who know and value their own God-given frequency. And by that, I just mean your gifts or your skills. And that they're working alongside people, and whether that be a part-time, full-time roles, paid or unpaid, or simply within the rhythms of ordinary life, but people who are looking for opportunities to reflect the image and image the heartbeat of the living God and to bring redemption and healing to this broken world. That sounds like a community that I want to be a part of. How about you? <laughs> In Jonathan Tyson's book, Creative Minority, which is a great book, by the way, um, it says this. Every day we move towards the places of brokenness. We do this in loving community out of a story of redemption with a robust ethical vision, countercultural practices, under the authority of the Creator, lovingly exerting redemptive influence for His glory. Wherever you are in life, wherever you live, whatever your work is, I invite you to consider becoming a creative minority so you can redemptively influence the world that Jesus so dearly loves. So let me ask you a question today, church. What do you think of when I say creative community? This is why I've been, you've been given a piece of paper. I'm actually going to get you to write this down. <laughs> so you've got 30 seconds. Um, Who's, who, what does it mean to you? Who's in the room? What are the face, who are the faces? What is your project or problem that you're working on? 30 seconds. I've got a lot to get through.
hopefully that's enough time. The second question I've got for you today is, what unique set of skills has God gifted you to outwork in that community, and how is it going? 30 seconds. Got something? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Creativity is in our DNA here at St. Augustine's. And I really hope that throughout this series you've felt encouraged to recognize the way that God has uniquely wired you to contribute to the world around you. That you haven't checked out along the way because you feel as if you don't fit that creative mold. Let me reassure you, we are creative creatures as doctors as lawyers, as writers, as mechanics, the list goes on. And we are in community with people, be it our families, our friends, our colleagues, seeing projects through, problem solving, joining the PTA, discipling our kids, selling scones, flying planes, building houses. Let me say this one more time. You are creative. We need you in this community. And the world needs you too. And what I found really helpful is actually the way I frame this. No longer am I saying, oh, I want to change the whole wide world. That's a savior complex that leaves me feeling really frustrated and overwhelmed. But what I find really helpful is actually just saying, I just want to change the whole wide room. I just want to do the next best thing with what's in my hands. What could that look like for you? Because all of life, for all of life, is an opportunity to participate with Jesus in making all things new. <laughs> but I, wanna, I actually want to pause at this juncture, and I want to speak specifically to the artists in the room. This was just a kind of offhanded comment that John made to me one day, He's just like, I don't think we've talked about, we don't think we've talked to the artists. And I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> and I feel like we've um, quite intentionally and diligently tried to validate all vocations as inherently creative. But there is a specific call on the artists. So I want to just pause for a moment to talk to the artists in the room. Artists have this prophetic quality about them. They have a way of um, giving voice or words or song or imagery to what is unseen or felt or, or even yet to exist. And that is a gift. And it's not something to downplay, hide away, ignore. I don't want to project my own frustrations here, but for anyone that uh, is feeling perhaps discouraged in your craft today, know that you're not alone. You're not alone. I know what it feels like to pause 
when you're writing down what your vocation is on an important document. <laughs> I actually went back to look at what I put down on my marriage certificate. I did say musician, so I was obviously feeling quite good about myself at that point. <laughs> um, I noticed Isaac put student, so the writing was on the wall, we were never going to be loaded. Um, but you know, I know what it feels like to pause when someone asks you the question, what do you do for a living? I can find myself tailoring my response depending on who is asking me it, how good I feel about my craft at the time, or whether or not I want to engage in a conversation around God, worship, church, or music. But I wholeheartedly believe with much tossing, uh, you know, fighting it out with God, that God loves the artists and the world needs the artists. I love what John Mark Comer says here. He says, our job is to make the invisible God visible, to mirror and mimic what he is like to the world. We can glorify God by doing our work in such a way that we make the invisible God visible by what we do and how we do it. So here's another question, and this is for everyone in the room. How do we validate, how do we support, how do we champion our artists? And what would happen if we put wind in the sails of these prophets by gifting them time, gifting them money, gifting them opportunities to create. Imagine. Patronage of the arts is not a new concept. My parents are the OG patrons of my art represent. Um, <laughs> but thinking out loud here, how cool would it be if one of the hallmarks of this community, of St. Augustine's, was the way that we loved and supported our artists. Imagine. Because as Newt reminded me when I first started musing on this topic many moons ago, the call has always been to make all things new. To make all things new. In our reading today, um, we, we read these insanely detailed instructions from God to who the artisans um, in regards to building the tabernacle from the ark to the basin to the garments. Um, I actually got lost in a YouTube spiral seeing people that had gone ahead and recreated the tabernacle as per these instructions in Exodus. Uh, here's a photo. Um, yeah, that was a fun few hours. Um, and I usually find myself skimming through these list-like sections in the Bible. Um, but when I actually took the time to read these passages, I was surprised to read the word make 59 times in four chapters. <laughs> like, it felt like Holy Spirit was just, boom, make, 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 make. We also read the words build, hang, cast, fashion, engrave, mount, weave. This is a call to the artisans to make. 
And as we can see on these next few slides, and it's a, and chapter, a few chapters on, we see lots of repetition here. And like any good pop song, repetition validates an idea. So God seems to be trying to make a point here. We see the words, they want, he wanted God to have them filled with a spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. He wanted wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans. Every wise heart of man, make everything. Next slide. Everyone, heart stirred, everyone, spirit willing, both men and women, everyone, heart compelled, the wise hearted, their heart stirred, wisdom, heart made them willing. Next slide. He was, they were filled with the Ruach of God, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, filled with wisdom of heart. How great is that to read those passages, those words? So what would our world look like if everyone, not just the artists, but everyone, was filled with the Ruach, the spirit of the living God, had their hearts stirred, had a collective willingness to offer what was in their hands and were filled with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Imagine, that sounds like a community that I want to be a part of. How about you? Thank you. Um, I recently reached out to my friend Emily, who is the most amazing interior designer, and she works alongside some of the best architects in the biz, and I just probed her on some of her thoughts around this, and here's what she had to say. For me, a flourishing, creative community looks like a willingness to be vulnerable with one another on an idea or thought, or how one might be a part of making something larger than oneself. It's a collaborative process with a diverse range of opinions, an intent to offer each other a safe space to explore new and innovative ways of thinking without opinion, solely driven by the vision and framework. Next slide. When you are creating and in your element, it often becomes a wonderful expression and collaboration between yourself and God with great energy and a desire to partner again and again. You are never alone in it. It is incredible how you can be guided to follow your intuition, knowing it comes from a place that is larger than yourself. I love that. Well, she's left the room. (laughs) Um, An example of this in my own world would actually be St. Augustine's music. Here's our vision statement. St. Augustine's music is a creative-led group of musicians, writers, singers, and theologians from St. Augustine's Church. We are passionate about discipleship, supporting the local church, and creating worship music unique to Aotearoa, New Zealand, but we sing for the world. I love that, too. And, you know, many of you would know that I tried to, you know, have a crack at my own music career. I, some of you would have remembered the Chloe Bartlett era, the Coco Charles era. Now I'm in St. Augustine's music era. Um, and what I've known, what I've ref- like enjoyed reflecting on this is that I'm no longer creating in isolation. I'm creating in collaboration. I'm no longer wearing all the hats. I've divvied out the hats now. And the latter is infinitely more fulfilling, it's more enjoyable, and it's actually more sustainable too. I can go to Andy for a melody. I can go to Isaac to finesse something. I can go to John for a better lyric. I can go to Sam for some theology. Go to Newt, go find us some money. (laughs) 
I can go to Mary for an honest opinion, go to Simon for a groove, and go to Michaela for photography, go for Julie, wherever she is, for some styling advice, go to Sarah for a comm strategy. The list goes on. Um, I've got ahead of myself here, that's great. Um, and like the rings of a tree, the ways to contribute only widen, as everyone, not just those at the centre, but everyone contributes with what's in their hand, what they're good at. Another example of this would, um, would actually be this creative series. Uh, before we start a new series here at St. Augustine's, we, just have, um, we have a meeting with some of the staff and some of the teaching team, and we go, we kind of imagine what could this look like together. And what has been really, really amazing has seen, having been in that initial conversation and journeyed through the last eight weeks, is seeing that uh, group of people outwork um, their heart and their vision in our worship, in our teaching, in our children's programs, in our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, our formational communities. Just look at the artwork we've had every week from Matt Scarlett. Here he is down on the front. Did you notice it had changed every single week? That's just amazing. That this, thank you, Matt, for all of your hard work here. It's so great. This is a creative community in action right here in our midst. And one final example, and I wanted to include this example because I think sometimes the most meaningful creative response can come from a difficult time. And it's something I've sadly just come across through one of my friend's experiences, and it's something called the Purple Butterfly Project. So hospitals around the world are taking part in this worldwide initiative to help bring awareness to the loss of a child born in a set of multiple babies. A purple butterfly sticker is placed on the cot or the incubator to acknowledge this, and the butterfly is there to both celebrate the life of the patient's lost sibling, but also to bring awareness of the loss to the staff and the people interacting with the family. This loving, creative response ensures that for the family, Every conversation they have with the many healthcare professionals is laced with this unspoken understanding that they're simultaneously experiencing deep, deep pain, but also deep, deep joy. And a creative response like this has the power to restore people's humanity back to them, make them feel seen or cared for or understood and less alone in their grief. And I think that is a pretty beautiful example of how creativity put to work by a group of people can have the power to reflect the heartbeat of our good and our loving God. And I've absolutely loved the stories we've had in this series from the interviews, Susan, Dave speaking at Father's Day, you guys are doing this. You're doing the next best thing for the renewal of your families, the renewal of your workplaces, the renewal of this city and beyond. So I hope that you're feeling just as encouraged and inspired as I am.
But let's be honest, sometimes creative, reaching creative outcomes can feel you know, out of reach or overwhelming, and working alongside people can sometimes be hard. And there is no one-size-fits-all approach here, but in the spirit of wanting to give you something to take away with you today, and because I grew up on bullet point sermons, I've prepared for you my six hot tips. <laughs> right, and then we're nearly at the end. Okay, the first one, be vulnerable with one another. Be vulnerable. Like Emily encouraged us, I think we need to adopt a posture of being open to new ideas, creating safe spaces for ideas and for innovation to flourish. And with this, to not judge the first idea too harshly or, or your people that you're working with because that just shuts down a creative process. In songwriting, I always say the best idea wins. Um, but that actually takes the courage of having to throw out a hundred bad ideas. And that's best done when you're in safety of friends. The second thing I've got here is to listen. Take the time to listen to the people you're working alongside. Get curious. Ask questions. Ask them how they're going on a project. If they're feeling stuck, sometimes the right question can help them become unstuck. Listening can do a lot of groundwork and it truly creates the best foundation for improvisation and for new creative outcomes. The third thing I've got here is to care deeply. I think we all need to care deeply for this world. I think that was part of the mandate God gave us back in the garden. And part of caring deeply for this world is tirelessly going after the next best thing in whatever way we can. Often the bigger the project, the more brains are required in the room. So find your people. Find the people that share your passions, but also find your people that share your frustrations because that's often a clue that God is asking you to do something. The fourth thing I've got here is to be good at what you do. I was recently reading Psalm 33 and it said, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. The word skillfully stood out. In order for us to be as effective as possible, if required, I think we should learn, upskill, grow, get a mentor, go back to uni, challenge yourself, experiment, develop, and keep going. The fifth thing I've got here is to be generous. To live out this call on all of our lives, we must be known for our generosity and our willingness to give of our whole selves for a cause, and sometimes without getting paid for it too. We must not shrink back, hold back, hoard our ideas or resources. You know, our mission statement here at St. Augustine's is to practice the Jesus way for the renewal of all things. This requires us to recklessly and generously 
give of our whole selves to the people and the places around us. And finally, I've got to live out of the good news story. As Sam mentioned last week, we want to be a community of hope. We want to be retelling this good news story in new and imaginative ways over and over and over again. So that both our work and our lives embody the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? (laughs) So as I land this talk today, I've asked John to play um, a clip from uh, Jacob Collier, a Jacob Collier clip, and he, I was fortunate enough to be at his show late last year, and he leads these crowd participation moments. And when I was in the room, it honestly felt really holy. Um, There's something about contributing your voice, contributing your unique God-given frequency, and the beauty that, that happens when it's outworked in a group of people. So I'm gonna play the clip, and then about 10 seconds in, I'm gonna start praying for us over top of it, but I do invite you to close your eyes, and then Newt will come up and lead us in communion. Um, So, here's the clip and I'll pray for us in a moment. So I invite you to close your eyes and I'm going to pray for us over top of this. Jesus, thank you for the note that God-given frequency that you have given to us. Help us to relish in our uniqueness and to recognize the call on our lives to flavor and fertilize this dirt in Aotearoa. Help us when the land is hard and the fruit is unclear. Help us to know that you are God with us. Fill us with your spirit. Give us all that we need and multiply what is in our hands. Help us to be vulnerable with one another. Help us to listen to one another. Help us to care deeply for our people and our planet. To give generously of our whole selves be good at what we do. And to embody hope. Lead us out of isolation and into collaboration. Lord, thank you for the artists. Thank you for our prophets. Help them protect their minds from doubt and self-sabotage. Lead them into greater creativity. 
These are our prophets, so give them revelations from heaven. And through the lens of their creativity, Father, would we see you more clearly. Jesus, we wanna be a people, we want to be a church utterly convinced that you care deeply for this world and you have not given up on it. So lead us to love your world with patience, with perseverance, with humility, with empathy, and with hope as we partner and as we participate with you, Jesus, as you make all things new. I mean... <laughs>